This podcast contains explicit content and is not suitable for the contents of Grimes's uterus. Ooh. What? <laughs> like the, the music band Grimes, right? Well, I mean, this the singer who's currently pregnant with Elon Musk's baby. Oh. Oh. Condolences to her family. <laughs> I am a Generation Xer, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> no. I didn't get that reference. <laughs> Hey, podcast pals, this is Troy, one of your hosts for the Better Left Podcast. You know, when we started this project, the idea was to take the things that we had learned during the course of Sarah Smith's campaign for Congress in Washington's 9th Congressional and share it with the world. Now, you may be asking yourself, hey, Troy, what exactly did you learn? Well, above all else, we learned that nothing is more powerful than people. As individuals, we're only as strong as the community around us. We aren't experts in all things, clearly. So we turn to you, our community, to help recommend guests, share show ideas, to be guests. Or maybe you come down to the lab and you host your own podcast here on the Better Left Network. Looking to lend a hand? Here's a way you can help right now. Step one, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe, give us all your stars, share a kind word, and then share it with a friend. It's easy. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. All you have to do is search for at Better Leftcast. We're everywhere. With your help, we can reach more people. We can open more doors for our sister podcasts. And we're really interested in what you think. You have questions, you have ideas, maybe a sexy compliment from me. I'll tell you what, you can reach us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All you need to do is send a note to hello at betterleft.net. That's H-E-L-L-O at betterleft.net. We're really looking forward to what 2020 has to offer, and we want you to be a big part of that. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support. Hi. Well, congratulations to her. Uh, Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Better Left Podcast. Uh, I am Troy, and I'm hosting... Sarah's not here. Yeah, Troy. You know why? She's with why, Bernie. Troy? She's hanging out with Bernie. Ooh. Feeling I don't Bernie. really think it's actually Bernie, but. Right. <clears throat> Other uh, cool people like we, Teresa Mosqueda. And who else? Matthew Speck. Speculation. They were Spe- their band. Speck. Yeah. yeah, we like him. Yeah, we he's, a pal. he's a pal. He's a podcast pal. Shout out, activist class. Um, you're also hearing the voice, a sultry voice, I might say. No, you're fine. I, I just want to make sure they know who you are. It's my deep man voice. Alice, no, it's I not. It. I love, it's great. It's a good radio voice. Yeah. Um, Allison Fine Taylor. Hey. You're joining us today on, tonight, rather, because we're doing this at night. We prefer it that way. Mm. I've also got Adam. Shalom. And Jay. Hi. Let out of the editing dungeon again. Out of the editing dungeon. <laughs> I'm glad we reconfigured the studio though, so it's not so much a dungeon. It's a it's, it's a, like it's more like a, a cage now. A fun yeah. a fungeon. It's a yeah. fun zone. Yeah, it's less a fun zone. A fungeon. Yeah. Why can't it be both? We're just talking about about uh, somebody's love of pegging. So, oh my goodness, we will not have that. <laughs> that will not do. Yeah. This is a fungeon, not Guantanamo Bay. So please. <laughs> right. All right. So today we are. Very, very fortunate to have a 
woman of strength and power joining us, Allison Fine Taylor, who is you're just about involved in a little bit of everything. I am. So I know you exclusively through Facebook and Twitter. Uh, do I do I know you from? I mean, I, I do we interact? I, I don't. Troy, yeah. That's me. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. So Twitter's a mess for me because it's <laughs> me it's both like video games and politics, and neither like each other, and so it's a bit of a cycle of abuse. Um, and so I don't really I don't know what's going on. I'm almost to four thousand followers though. I have almost four thousand followers, and I only started using it when Trump started going crazy. I figured yeah. I started caring. I've been on for 10 years or so, but I couldn't figure out how to effectively use it. Yeah. Somebody made my Twitter account for me. Uh, she was an old friend of mine. She now works on like Supernatural as a studio assistant or something. Oh, I don't wow. know. She's super cool. And me and my buddy, Joel, she's like, you guys are getting on Twitter. And so she made my account for me. So I refused to get on Facebook and somebody forced me. They created my Facebook for me. It was so funny. Um, I've gone through, I think, four different Twitter accounts. Over the oh, course nice. of my lifetime, because of bands, or you forgot your passwords, or no? Because I made an I made an account, then uh, grew up a little, realized that I should lock down my previous account so nobody can see it. Started a new account, locked that one down. Started a new account. Now I have another one that's not locked down. I also have a teacher oh, right. one. Yeah, a you teacher know. one. I have just like every time I've grown up a little bit. So I had my high school college one. Uh, I had my after college one. I had my grad school one. This is super fascinating. But one. I'm going to go ahead and pull us back to the actual podcast. And I want to talk about. So, Allison, the reason we've invited you is because you have your foot in about every single slice of leadership within the uh, region possible. You are a social worker. I work for the state. Yeah, you were. Okay, so that's that sounds vaguely ominous. No, I, I am a social worker, but there's lots of different kind of social workers in the state. I okay. have a, I work with the Developmental Disabilities Administration, so I work with people with disabilities. So as an advocate, as uh, a... Uh, basically, what we do is make sure that they get services in the community. So we, I have a caseload of 75. We see them every year. We connect them with services so they have someone. Um, I work with kids, so they um, get services in the home. Uh, from personal care providers, or we have different programs that Medicaid pays for that allows them to be able to do like recreational stuff in their family. It doesn't, mm. they don't incur extra costs. So, gotcha. And so, uh, you said you have a, a case load of 75? Yeah. And is that, it, it strikes me as high. Is that? Uh, I, when I first moved here from California six years ago, I worked for CPS. And those cases loads are like 30 or 25. They should be 20. But so 75 is not, it, it seems high, but that's the work is a lot, um, a lot less than working at CPS or something. CPS seems to me to be, it strikes me as more intensive. Oh, absolutely. Any, any part of the foster care system is. How, uh, how old are the folks that you're normally working with? DDA has every age. Um, DDA from is Developmental Disabilities Administration. Oh, got it. <clears throat> so we have every age from three all the way up through through death. But um, I have a kid's caseload. So from three or four through the transition age, which is about 21. Interesting. I also have a special needs daughter. So it makes me really good at that I adopted through foster care. So it makes me a really good advocate for my clients because I can not just as a social worker, but as a parent to parent, we can have those conversations. So you can connect both with the caregivers and... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty remarkable stuff. Um, the transition from CPS to working with people with disabilities, um, it, 
is it easier doing what you're doing now than when I I worked at um, what is now uh, Department of Youth and Children Family. We used to, it used to be Children's Administration. I worked there for two years. When I transitioned to the DDA, um, that's a, actually when I was getting involved with politics as well. So when you work with CPS or what I did, which was the return home side of foster care, so oh. I wanted I worked in the court system to get them home. Um, when you do that, you don't really ever get to go home at night. It's all those kids are always on your brain, especially yeah. if you have a kid that's blowing mm-hmm. placement or they're running away all the time. Um, here, when I go home at the end of the night, I can go home. I never go home because I have meetings and other things to go to, but I can shut my job off. And it, when you work for CPS or anything in, in that you carry arena that with you forever, you I'm imagining you don't get to go home. Jay wants data. <laughs> yeah. So is that why you got involved in politics? Was it just kind of being involved in the system or what? No, no, no. I, um, I mean, growing up, I, I, this will date me in California. When I turned 18, I was, uh, actually already graduated high school you had to register 30 days in advance before an election um 30 days in advance before an election to vote so i was already in college i left my college class and went to register at the post office um, because 30 days later bill clinton was going to have a second election and i knew from civics class that it was my duty to vote right uh and my dad was a republican so (laughs) so sorry sorry jay uh, <laughs> so, but we grew up, my mom would say like, I vote Democrat to cancel out your dad's vote. And so I always, <laughs> I always voted. Um, but I wasn't, I didn't get involved in actually until I moved to Washington and I got a little postcard that said, come to this caucus. We don't caucus in California. So I was like, what's that? But I'm a Democrat, so I'll go. I went to the caucus. I live in the 30th legislative district. Like you said, it's a uh, mostly federal way. Also Pacific, Milton. Parts of unincorporated Auburn. Better shout out everybody. Look at that. Little, I little like piece it. of Fife. Right. Um, Fife. Algona. Algona. Okay, so this is where Ooh. I grew up. This is where I grew up. <laughs> in Algona? I, I was <laughs> born in Puyallup, raised in Sumner. We spent a lot of time. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah, I've yeah. heard you talk about that. Um, <laughs> so I do. You're, you're a listener of the podcast. I do. As well, I listen which... to, I've heard every episode. Um, but I went to the caucus, and it was the precinct level caucus, which now we don't have. Um, and then I, I made it to the LD level caucus. LD means legislative district. Okay. Um, and we you go at like noon, and we were there till like ten o'clock. I had no idea what I was getting into. We ordered pizza <laughs> to come <laughs> to the to come to the high school. The pizza guy shows up, and he's like, "This is my high school. Why are you all here on a Saturday?" Um, and I and I, I often refer to it as uh, the most amazing shit show I've ever been to because an LD caucus is chaos but you really feel like you're part of the process in Mm -hmm. terms of the delegating process and so i decided that i was going it was so chaotic i'm kind of a problem solver and a fixer so i was like well what organization puts this on how can i help and that's really where i got started i it reminds me a lot of just my own story because for me what got me even partially interested in politics because i'd always been somewhat of a disaffected youth right like i knew about politics i didn't think my vote mattered so why should i go out there and do anything. It was the Sanders campaign for me. It was honestly, they're like, you need really? to go out. Yeah. They were like, you need to go out there and caucus. You need to go out there and do that. And so show up. And I did. And actually it was funny because Sarah had to go to a job interview. So she couldn't reach the caucus. And that was one of the things that was interesting. It was like, so I showed up and I stood there for us and Sanders won our precinct. And that was awesome. Our, I caucused wow. for Bernie. Did yeah. you? I no. did. Yeah. Do you, are you carrying the battle scars from that? No, I yeah. don't think I knew what I was doing. I don't think I knew how how crazy it was. 
as you're experiencing it. Yeah. And the thing that was really cool for me too, is exactly kind of the same thing is like, I didn't really understand what was going on, but then Donald Trump wins. Right. And so that was, I, that was the thing that really was like, shit. Right. right? <laughs> we got to do something about this. We at least need to get involved and talk about it more. I got to ask kind of a hard hitting question. So I first got to caucus when I wasn't even here. I didn't even officially live here yet. And I remember like looking around during the caucus and it was a very, um, uh, shall we say, like not very diverse. This is a very Caucasian. Yes. Uh, Caucuses are Caucasian. Yeah, it was it wasn't a very diverse crowd because the folks who there are so many folks who couldn't get their their voices heard. They couldn't get their their votes in because this is like the the one thing the one area where we don't have mail-in ballots um i also was really jazzed that i was able to to participate in the caucus even though i didn't live here yet um but i'm wondering what i know how does it even work i was i was the note taker i wasn't voting um i was the scribe but uh i'm wondering i'm wondering sort of that got you really engaged in politics and I'm wondering sort of how uh, how your thoughts about caucusing uh, have changed since your initial uh, I- initial exposure to them, if if it's changed at all. Like, so so I guess my response to that is now I'm the chair of the 30th LD, <laughs> right? Right. So I showed up to a meeting and was like, "Hey, this is the organization that put this on," and lots of people showed up to that meeting from the caucus. And then slowly everyone sort of goes away. And I often harass my body um, at the body, meaning the 30th. (laughs) (laughs) My body, meaning the, 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 the members of my organization. I harass them about the best thing they got out of the caucus was me because I'm the only one that stuck around four years later. Right. But I, I, I started volunteering for like membership and I started, then I, I became the vice chair and then I, you got hooked. the chair left, nice. uh, the, well, the chair, that's a whole story, but I ended up becoming the chair and then I got elected for another full term. Um, and so now I'm in charge of the caucus, right? Wow. So yeah, I've yeah. definitely changed my opinion. I was very pro primary. I'm very mm. pro primary now. Hey, well, so I want to ask you something. You're talking about federal way. Yeah. You got, you're doing some stuff. Yeah. You, you, you're you're kind of, Getting some things done in federal way of all places. Because you know what I say? When there's no other way, federal way. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> it's awfully true. States rights people would disagree. <laughs> so you asked me when I got in politics and I didn't, I really didn't get involved in politics hardcore until four years ago. But when I was 19 in the Bay Area in college, I started doing social activism work. I had an amazing sociology teacher and he mm. just got me hooked on social activist stuff. Um, I think I realized um, like what white privilege was before we even really talked about it. Um, and I realized that m- all of my friends, most of which were African-American, were treated very differently in life than I was. Um, I learned about a, a guy named Mumia Abu-Jamal. He's a journalist and from Philadelphia. He was a Black Panther. He was... Um, Accused of murdering a police officer, he didn't do it. Um, so at 19, I marched in San Francisco with Angela Davis for mm. a free Mumia Abu Jamal. You just um, gave me chills. Yeah. So I've been doing social activism for a very long time. So when I got when I when I got elected to be the chair, um, I I said like this is a legislative districts are about getting Democrats elected, but I am also about making our community better. And I've I've held tight to that word. So yes, I've done a lot of social activism in federal way. 
Yeah. That, see, that's remarkable because I think that's a, really the thing that got me involved and Sarah involved. And I think a lot of people involved is you, when you get a chance to actually go out there and you experience people and you see, hey, the slate isn't clean, right? This isn't like an equal playing field. Not and really the thing that's really interesting for me is how that those kind of like social activism things interface with the political spectrum, like with legislative district and those kind of things. So now you're involved in legislative district work, right? I do. Yeah. But what he's talking about in terms of federal way is more just city politics. Okay. Like I go to the city council meetings. Um, another thing when I realized when I was 19, I realized I was queer, right? I was bisexual, but I just came out in May of 2019. Wow. I've wow. been an ally and I'm putting that in air quotes because you can't see me, but I'm putting that in ally. I've been an ally <laughs> my whole life. Um, and I realized because of uh, our state senator, Claire Wilson, and some experiences we've had down there in the south, uh, the south, the South End. I call it the South End because we're South South End in King County. Um, I realized because of Claire Wilson, because of Crystal Marks and Burian, mm-hmm. who you know ran and are very openly you know queer women, that I cannot stand behind them and support them. I needed to stand with them. So I came out openly as queer, and then that sort of spiraled into. Um, federal way they had a pride resolution for the first time i questioned why we didn't have a flag that turned into a whole thing and now we're gonna have a flag flown in june 2020 for the first time and june 30 13th we're putting on pride federal way for the first time so watching the process and i'm not sure how uh getting misty um (laughs) i i was added to the uh, a Facebook group, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure who did that. You might have done Me it, or, or Mike. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but watching that unfold, um, not necessarily having the spoons to to really engage, but mm-hmm. to to see the negotiating and the connecting and the people that are working against queer people and allies and the the fact that you know federal way is. It's a I, I would I would consider it a like kind of a bedroom community. It's yeah, where you go. A like, yeah, it's a suburb. Um, but there are so many. I have friends that grew up in Federal Way that they had to hide who they were mm-hmm. uh, because they wouldn't have been supported. And the idea that you're cracking the code there in some of the most important places, it's going to mean all the world to a kid. I think two things about that. I, I also ran a campaign to try and bring um, cannabis shops to Federal Way, and we lost, um, but by a small margin, and we'll win the next time. Um, but uh, my field organizer, uh, shout out to Tariq Scott, um, he hired a trans woman that lives in Federal Way to knock doors for us. So you had a queer woman, a black man, and a trans woman working on a campaign. It sounds like a modern day joke. It does. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? We all walked yeah. into a bar. Um, but you know, so I met this um, I met this trans woman who, you know, I'm not going to say her name because I don't know that she'd feel comfortable. Yep. Um, and we become friends and she kind of got gentrified out of Seattle. So now she lives in Federal Way and we talked about like, what is it like to be trans in Federal Way? Do you get to hang out anywhere? And the answer was what I expected, which is no, I go to Tacoma, go to Seattle. Yeah. The other piece of that is um, Josh Fike, who is one of my um, executive board members, who I, I love dearly, has lived his whole life in Federal Way. So you said you were, you're getting misty-eyed because the day that um, uh, progress was made in Federal Way in terms of us setting a date for an actual event um, and then the pride flag being affirmed that it will be flown, I was 
I was in tears talking to Josh about it. And he was like, why are you crying? And I said, because you deserved this a long time ago. And Josh has lived his whole life as a gay man in federal way. And he's, you know, 35 or something. And we're just finally making progress in his hometown. Josh is uh, my ex, by the way. Oh, we really? Did it for a while. Really? I love him. <laughs> he's uh, uh, we, a... We, we kind of lost connection for a while and then reconnected at an event and i i was just like i can't believe it it's you and we talked and he's so engaged in the, the with the democrats and i was really disappointed to see that um he's my state committee man <laughs> uh, and, as and he's my fundraising chair i will never say a bad as, word about that man. no no i'm i no i wouldn't either i'm just disappointed that he's not you know um tearing it apart from the inside no i'm kidding i'm jo- <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking as a as a progressive i i would say that i'm as close to a democrat as sorry i'm gonna puke no i'm just joking i'm joking jay you want to this guy no i think this thing that's really interesting i I don't quite choke on the word democrat even though i grew up republican yeah uh christian conservative yeah i came to terms with that a long time ago liberal you really have been following our podcast i do (laughs) i think the thing that's interesting is like this is a great example of what people don't think about which is as gentrification hits places like seattle as we displace people these marginalized communities get forced out into communities where they aren't as safe as maybe they once were. You have a dubious look. I would say it's not just gentrification in Seattle. Fair. I, I did, I've only lived here six years, but I'm pretty sure Capitol Hill was was for the gays for a long time, and yeah. now it's for everyone. Wait a minute, there are rainbow crosswalks. I know that, and I understand that, and I still realize that it's the hub, right? It's not the hub. But it's, it's so I mean, that's how it was presented now? to me. Oh, me too. It was a, yeah, yeah. But I feel like there was a time where, I mean, I know, because there's people in my life like Tom Schmidt and other people I've talked to that are like, it was only gay here and now it's everything. And I wonder sometimes how those people feel like now everybody, there's hip hop clubs, there's all kinds of stuff. Is that good? Is that not good? I don't know. I'll say that that as somebody who escaped my little town of Sumner to hang out, you know, on Capitol Hill, it was definitely, it was, it was wild. It was stepping into a world where you didn't have to be scared. Right. But it was diverse, less diverse, I think, than it than it is now. But even there's another slice of this, and that's the tech bros and the, you know, people who are so excited to move into this hustle and bustle and neighborhood, you know, let's tear it down and build some, you know, and then and then be angry that the clubs that they are built on top of uh, were so loud at night. So that's what I, I guess I, I, I think of that often, like we. We're not only people are being gentrified in every major city in America and even some smaller cities in America. They're being gentrified, but also taken over. And so I. Yeah, I, I, I want to add one more thought to this. And uh, I know Adam has uh, something he wants to add, but th- I always you gentri- gentrification. It is something that affects a, a spectrum of folk, you know, uh, um, marginalized <laughs> people um but i always see it's always a, a concerning to me as you know a white gay man um we're kind of the harbingers of gentrification mm-hmm. like we kind of come in and set up and you know start to kind of pick up properties and you know we're it is uh it's always a, a bit of a sign that you know a neighborhood's on the rise. I keep doing that. Sorry, um, uh, and and that and that has always been problematic for me because then I I see you know there are candidates of 
recent past that have run who were gay men as well and uh, white gay men with a lot of privilege. And uh, and so, I, you know, that, that question of can we not say those names? The which would names? Oh, we're not going to. Yeah, we won't. Yeah. What names? Oh, are you going to run? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should. Oh, sorry. If, we, if you say, it, say the names, if no, you say it two yeah. more times, and he's going to walk in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Candyman, Candyman. Um, <laughs> no, not Candyman. No, no. Mary, bloody That's the only Mary, movie that's Mary. ever scared me in my whole life. <laughs> that freaked me out when I was a kid. But uh, you know, so I bring that up only because uh, it's it's always interesting to me when you look at the different parts of our culture and people that are yeah. in the same space and sharing the same space suffering the same kinds of problems and yet doing it separately. Well, I, I think that's interesting because the one of the biggest issues with this pride flag stuff going on in federal way is that the biggest, the, the group of people that are um, <clears throat> coming out against us don't want the pride flag, don't want anything to do with the gays, are unfortunately um, immigrants, uh, Ukrainian immigrants. Um, our former senator, Mark Malosha, he riles up these churches and tells them that the gays are coming for their kids. And so I stand, we, we sat in a room, my, my boyfriend, my mother, my, my vice chair, there was about six of us. That's it. Uh, we sat in city council um, and there was probably a hundred angry Ukrainian people telling us about how they were oppressed when they were in Russia and how all these terrible things happened to them. And they, they have no, they do not see the connection. They do not see the connection between the queer community and what they've gone through and and what they've gone through and the oppressive behavior that they escaped from. And that to me is one of the hardest, most frustrating things is because it's pitting two minorities against each other. Suffering the same Same kind. exact way. But I want to say this. Like killed for who you are. To you, I want to say uh, thank you for that like thoughtfulness. And I think that there can be a real anger and a real sort of wanting to lash out. And and I think in some cases, rightly so, when you think of yeah. there, you know, I, I don't use the term both sides anymore just because it's so Trumpian. Um, but you fought the fight like you, but you, you did it as a diplomat, as a uh, making sure that you didn't burn any bridges, but you never compromised in like you deal with people, like you deal with those homophobes, the people that are. I'm doing it on Saturday. There's a lady. Who, there's a lady who wrote a, a horrific um, uh, article to our local paper, um, the Federal Way Mirror. It was a. It was an. It was an opinion article, um, which now is actually it's it's so full of hate that they're actually the editors are looking at creating policies around not having those types of even opinion like wow. letters to the editors Good. not not yeah. allowing them but this woman who has done other things in our community that are very hateful including shaming teachers and targeting teachers who are allies things like that she wrote this article this letter to the editor about how terrible the pride thing is and literally i'll, I'll send you a link to the article it's like to see it I, the yeah. lgbtq are coming for your kids what the fuck like literally says that right it's a horrid article so what did i do I sent her a message on Facebook and said, hey, you want to have coffee? And we're having coffee on Saturday. And she said to me when she responded a couple days later, she's a, she's a, a, a well-seasoned in life woman. Um, and she said, well, why would I want to have coffee with you? You're a 30th district Democrat. And I said, yeah, but I'm also human and so are you. And maybe, uh, maybe you'll find that we're more alike than we are different. 
And I planned it at noon because at one, we're having a queer lunch. And I know I'm going to need drinks after this coffee. But (laughs) (laughs) so I keep everything in perspective, right? Yeah. I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know that I'm going to make any progress. I don't even know she yet realizes that that I'm queer and who I am in terms of the pride issue. Because she identified me as a Democrat in that circle. Um, But that's what I've been doing. I mean, even the guy that spoke out the worst about us at that that city council meeting. I reached out to him and said, you want to have coffee? He blocked me on Facebook. That's okay. That is going to be... My response every time. You know what? So here's the thing. Now, I used to not be like that at all. But. <laughs> I, there there are fighters. There are, and I think we're all fighting in our way, but I mean like scrappy, I'm going to punch you in your mouth, like literally kind of like I'm going to menace you. That's deep inside me. Same. <laughs> yeah. There are diplomats. There are um, chess people who are playing this uh, kind of, you know, there's a space for all of these people. Right. And um, and the the thing about it that I think is important to note is you're getting things done. That's what matters. That's what matters, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what matters. Uh, the mayor, our, our mayor's, you know, he's a former Republican, our Democrat. People question his loyalty to whatever. At the end of the day, when he decided, um, and so it was a kind of an arduous and crazy process, but when it fell back on him, are you going to fly the flag or are you not after a, a four-hour meeting that was horrendous, intense, and the worst the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. Maybe not the worst. We'll talk about the worst later, but <laughs> yeah. um, pretty bad. Um, uh, he decided to fly that flag. And so, in my opinion, he took on the many for the few. And to me, that was that was what it made it all worth it. A good man doing a good thing. Doing and right it was thing. worth it to sit in that room and feel that oppression because something came out of it. If we weren't in that room... It might have been a different outcome. And that's a fighter. Yeah. Um, you have used the word Democrat a whole bunch of times. You've talked about uh, you talked about the mayor who's who was a Republican, uh, then became a Democrat. So I'm I'm sort of just thinking I don't actually know very much about federal way. I work down. I've worked down in Burien. I work in White Center. Um, and so I work like just south of the city. And I know it gets uh, once you leave the the sort of urban center that is Seattle, things start to get a little more conservative. Um, a lot, a, a lot more conservative, we'll say. A lot, a lot more conservative. So, uh, how how far does does Fed go from uh, from from like you're looking for the rings? Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly, gradient. exactly. It's like. Is it one year away, two years? Well, let me ask, Adam, do you, you do know that Federal Way is actually in King County, right? Let's like start there because a lot yep. of people, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people it remember is, that. It's like the edge, but it's it on is. it. We are the border, right? Yeah. Um, and I say that in jest, but uh, there's a, there were two groups, both called like South King County, blah, blah, blah. And one of them, I reached out to, to the woman who was in charge of it or posted on Facebook. And I was like, oh, where are you guys based out of? And she said, Burien. And I said, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I, I lovingly, and this is maybe my love for rap music and outcast, but I now I call Federal Way the Dirty South. <laughs> and actually the three Southern LDs, which are uh, the 30th, the 47th, and the 31st, which is mostly Pierce County, but has some Auburn. Um, we call ourselves the, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this online. It's a, it's a, we already use, we already use the obscenity warning. We call ourselves the, uh, the rebel alliance (laughs) (laughs) because people forget that we even exist and, and everything is so Seattle centric. Mm -hmm. Um, Seattle just kind of suck the air out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of how we are as a community, 
Um, we are still very purple. We fought very, 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 very hard in 2016 to elect uh, Mike Pellicciotti and Christina Reeves as our yeah. as our state representatives. But Mark Melosha was still our senator. 2018, um, the state party sent us an amazing, amazing, amazing crew of uh, coordinating campaign. Shout out to uh, Guillermo for coming down and um, uh, replacing our bigoted, hateful Mark Melosha with our little lesbian Claire Wilson <laughs> for the state senator. Claire is um, awesome. She is fierce. Uh, but Mike is now moving on to be our next state treasurer. Christina just resigned to run for Congress. Mm. And we are going to have the fight of our life on our hands because, um, like I said last night, last night was our LD meeting, right? And I said, as far as I'm concerned, those are our seats. Um, but the Republicans see those as opportunity. So it's going to be a fight um, because we are not we are not West Seattle where, mm-hmm. you know, you have an open seat and there's 17 amazing Democrats lined up. and You just got to pick which one you like. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's very different down there. So we are still very conservative. We are the, the product now of gentrification. Um, we have a lot of. Uh, low-income housing and affordable housing coming in. A few years ago, we had three shootings. Um, this is the first time I ever went to City Hall before I got involved with po- politics. There was an um, uh, emergency meeting at City Hall because there was these three shootings and all all the scared white people needed to know what was going on and what the city was going to do about it. And I listened to hours and hours of public comment with this thinly Ugh. veiled racism of, you let you know low-income people here <clears throat> black people move into our community and now there's these three shootings you you want to know who did those three shootings white dude oh white dude of course a kid basically 21 just randomly killed this guy walking his dog i mean just but but this weird community th- these people who have lived there forever that are like this is our place we moved here we've raised our kids here and now Look at what we've turned into. I mean, felony way. That's what they call it. Like, I'm yeah. from the Bay Area, yo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Felony way? <laughs> it's so, it's so crime light. I mean, it's crime not, light. it's just like, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I, yeah, it's hard to hear sometimes. I mean, I mean, Fed does have a reputation just among the, like, my students. Um, and I obviously get to talk to a bunch of my students, but over the past few years, as I've worked in the Highline School District, um, Fed has this, you know. Is that what we're calling of, now, Fed? That that's what they call it. So that's how I know to call we it. Call it Fiwi. Okay, fine. <laughs> that is not what anyone calls. No, it. they call it Fiwi. Okay, well, listen to me, kids. Fiwi or Fed? Fed. Fed. It's not Mefa. It's not Mefa. <laughs> I don't know what uh, that means. Medford. Oh, Mefa. Um, but from from you know even what my students tell me, all I know about Federal Way is wild waves and it's kind of a ghetto place to be. What do your students know about Federal Way? Wild waves and that it's a ghetto place to be. Whether or not that's true is a different story, but they know it. Uh, I was it was, just gonna say if, if like if somebody posted that Bernie Sanders like Rocky Road ice cream. There's a million Bernie bros that'd be running to get Rocky Red ice cream right now because that's what Bernie Sanders yeah. likes, whether it's true or not. Like mm-hmm. social media is, I mean, I know this is not. You know, and, not and, and so I want to, I want, I, I want to use that to kind of pivot into this next yeah. piece. Sure. So here's the deal: um, kids, especially, I think, are inundated with their parents' opinions. Yeah. Uh, important adults that leave an imprint, um, and generally speaking, it is that. I would say the negative imprint that that fear 
the uh, very seldom, I would say, as we're growing up or as we as Americans or maybe even just humans in general, do we live with do we take to heart the the positive things that people will say or the, that we, you know, maybe internalize more of the negative things? For sure. Uh, but then again, I'm only in my own head. Um, no, you're right. But it, that's my feeling. But um, there's something about getting involved, like rather than hearing about how the world works secondhand, to step into the system's that create the rules that create the boundaries and the structures and the th- stuff and to learn firsthand what that stuff is all about. There's a young man I met at a couple different events close to each other. He's a junior in high school. He is a uh, middle Eastern. I think, he, no, I think he's middle Eastern. Um, he is very bright. Um, he is very interested in what we do. He said at a event, he runs track, and he was talking about how his friends, when the girls run laps, they'll hold hands. And one of his guy friends, while they were running, was like, that's so gay. And he was like, what? And he questioned that. And um, when he met me, he just was drawn to me. We started talking. I told him what I do with the politics. He actually just applied this week to start a Young Democrats Club uh, at Thomas wow. Jefferson. So you're speaking to my heart. That, like, that, that is <laughs> yeah, literally it's pretty amazing. That. So but we talked about me being a social worker, but I actually have a master's degree in education. I was a high school teacher before I, I came here. And so, whoop, um, right? English. Yeah. But Science. I hate the system, so that's yeah. why I don't do it anymore. Um, I and hate core or anything. <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. But, um, but I, I truly believe in, in that. Yeah. Um, that kids will soak up whatever you provide them. So I have lots of kids in my life. I um, This is not going to be popular when I say this, but I taught at a charter school in California. Boo. At the time, it was all it was hiring. I lived in an area that was very you know, uh, remote. I, I, I get and, it. And I, I'm actually being uh, funny about that. But, uh, no. but boo, charter schools. I, I, but you, yes, you, but it was no, a, there are amazing charter eat. schools if they're one run well. But this charter school was actually run poorly. But the Big surprise. The, um, but the but the There's reason for there? it was mm-hmm. it was actually a last chance charter school. Oh, so it was kids mm-hmm. who had already been expelled, kids who were on the way, kids who only showed up during football season because they wanted to play football. These are my babies. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I have those kids, some of which are dead and some of which are in jail and some of which are thriving. And lots of them call me mom because that's who I am as the human. And, and I think kids know genuine um, behavior. So I'm very cognizant of that. And I think you attract what you put out. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So this, this kid actually, the kid I was just speaking about here in Federal Way, um, he, I invited him to start coming to our meetings. He came to our holiday party. He doesn't drive. So his dad dropped him off and I was like, Oh, do, do you want your dad to stay? And he was like, no, please. no, 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 no. <laughs> and I didn't understand it. And he told me later it's because, um, <clears throat> his dad's not so queer friendly. Oh, and he whoa. knew and he knew that we you know that there would be gay people there there was trans people in the room and he wanted to be comfortable and he didn't want anyone else to be comfortable to be com- and yeah. he didn't want his dad to be uncomfortable yeah. and watching this young man navigate sort of through this political thing um has been beautiful and i i just told him last night i said look if they reject that replication you call me and we will fix it because if you can pre-register to vote at 16 you should be able to have a young democrats or a young republican or young whatever at yeah. your school because that's what we should be promoting. Right. I think it's really interesting because it, politics oftentimes gets this idea that it's completely divisive, right? There's no way that you can have any kind of like common ground. And even inside of our own party, we get that way. Uh, I mean, if you've ever been to, I'm not going to call it the 37th legislative district, but I'm going to call it the 30s. Yeah. If you ever go over there, I mean, there's some very clear camps. 
And it's good to hear a story of that and that's going on and how you're actually bringing people into the fold. I think that um, at the end of the day, we are better together. And so I don't think you're going to change everyone's mind. I'm going to go to coffee with that lady and I, I might not make a huge difference in what she thinks about gay people or whatever. I, I just hope you, the more you persevere, the more change will happen. And so um, I think, I, th- I think that we need to do the best to build bridges and not burn them. I also think that there's an honor in saying I did my work. I, I honestly did my work to, to reach out and connect. And as a, as a, leader as a you speak to my heart because those um alternative school kids those are my kids too like i I, uh, worked at the ymca that's kind of where i learned how to be a good human being and and worked with uh, uh i would work with high school kids and then i'd work with the alternative high school kids and the alternative high school kids they're my peeps yeah um so talk to me about getting involved how do you Connect. You talked about this kid that you're helping facilitate, and, and, and uh, he's embracing kind of that. Starting the the YDs was it mm-hmm. Young Democrats? Yeah, Young right? yeah. Um And your so your engagement in the legislative district as as a leader in that space, and as somebody who kind of dabbled because you kind of got a little interested, and now you run. I guess you run the nation, right? Like you're the shadow government, I guess is what it's called. Um, I run the dirty south. You run the dirty <laughs> south. Of King County. Yeah. <laughs> Word. I love yeah, it. So you're like the queen pin. <laughs> of, yeah. And I, I, like I that. <laughs> and I love it. So, no, no, that's no, good. You're fine. Um, so talk to me about um, how does somebody, so somebody's going to be listening. Somebody is, and I'll, I'll tell you, it happens. Someone's going to be listening and they want to know, can I, how do I, should I? Yeah, what does, do a, yeah. what does a legislative district do even? Yes. Mm. Uh, legislative district, uh, I think each one would tell you they do something different. I think the goal for legislative districts, um, at least in my experience, which is which is short-lived so far, right? It's only a few years, but it's to get Democrats elected. So it's to, it's to um, find people in the community that want to run for things, uh, find people that you see in them leadership skills and trying to develop that. And then to work on getting those people elected um, or talking them into running. I mean, there's a there's a process to everything. Um, that is the goal. I, we you know, we have fundraisers and we have meetings every month where we talk about what we're doing and strategy. Um, but I think that the, the bottom line goal for all legislative districts is to get Democrats in every seat that they could possibly do from bench seats, which are like utility companies and dog catchers. Um, all the way up through their, you know, congressional representatives. That's the core of what legislative districts do. And so we are one of um, 17 legislative districts in King County alone. And then there's the the county, um, the county Democrats, and then there's the state party. So we're just, we're the bottom level, basically. I got a beef, though. I got a real beef with the LDs and the Democratic leadership in general, sort of the Washington State Party. It's the... It's not accessible. It is. How? What time are the meetings? They're, ours are at night. So now did you make that choice? No, was ours that, have been like that. So there are many, many sort of like gatherings to make important sort of decisions or people running for office that it's like uh, on a day or at a time that is not convenient to say at a working class m- mom who wants to get involved, but it's at 
noon. On- no, I don't think that most LDs are, actually. I, I think most LDs, they have their meetings at night, but that's ironic coming from someone who lives in Seattle who has their city council meetings in the middle of the day. Yeah. Versus, no, no, I, I, versus Federal Way, who has theirs at 6.30 at night. Yeah. So yeah. we're winning somewhere. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that LD meetings are that inaccessible. I think that there's... Um, well, I, I don't just mean it's also inaccessible to a person just attending the first like what's going on the it lang- it's a different language it's a the the sort of parliamentarian kind of stuff true. is heady true. yeah so somebody says i want to be involved in local politics it's really what i want to do because that's where real change happens right in my everyday life uh they go to the legislative district and what do they do i would I means t- 2020 so they're probably going to go on the website they're going to see my name and email at the top of the leadership and then they might email me they might come to a meeting they come to a meeting as um as a new member i'm, I'm usually going to recognize that there's a new member because we only have like 60 to 80 people at our meetings and you so, smell that fresh blood You're yeah like, oh. i mean yeah and i'm going to introduce myself there was a there was a man last night that i i knew i didn't know him um so i introduced myself and then he told me he used to come to meetings he had stopped being active he was a local union guy um and he wanted to get active again so i introduced myself i welcomed him I have uh, people uh, prior to me that used to like, let's introduce the new people. And I'm not about in- embarrassing people. So there's a moment during my agenda where I'm like, if you're new and you want to introduce yourself, please do. If not, that's okay too. Um, I want people to feel comfortable. Yeah. And then if people have questions, I'm, I try and be open to them. If I have an opportunity, which is really hard during at our meetings because I'm the chair, but if I have an opportunity, I will talk to them about what brought them, what they're looking for. Um, and then try and connect the pieces. I'm pretty good about filling out people. So if you if you tell me you're coming because you want to run for something one day, you've put some thought into that, and I'll direct you the right way. If you're just you came from another LD and you're checking out what we're doing, I know you know the deal. If you're brand new, I got another set of people that I'll pass you off to, yeah, and, and, I... and that's you know my my outreach guy, and he'll talk you off and tell you how awesome we are. I, I, I so I I may be putting you on the spot. And we can edit this out. And uh, I, I have a feeling I might know what your answer is. But if there are people who really want, they're not even in your district, right? Uh, but they want to know more. Would you be willing to talk to them? Oh to- yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um, we have an interesting uh, another difference between like what we do in the South End versus like Seattle, right? Um, like I, I, I may mention West Seattle, you're going to have 17 great candidates for a spot. Mm-hmm. We don't have that. Um, West Seattle, you want to run for something. You got 20 other people that have already done it. They've been campaign managers, whatever. We don't have that. Yeah. So I also run campaigns. I ran a campaign for um, Jesse Johnson, who was our city council member. He was the youngest city council member um, ever elected in federal way. He is um, one of three people that is in the the running to replace Christina Reeves um, for her there's an appointment meeting happening on Monday and and he was our he was a PCO's first choice so he may be the next state representative for us um, so I, I learned to run a campaign when he asked me uh, do you want to do this I said I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and he said well I don't either and we <laughs> ran and and we beat a guy who um, had lived in Federal Way for 40 years his wife was like a super well known checker at Safeway and his son is a Olympian, <laughs> J.R. Silsky. Wow. So we beat this guy um, with a lot of good mentoring and a lot of hard work. 
And so I've had other people come to me and say, can you run my campaign? So it's very, um, I think, non-traditional that as a chair, I'm also helping people run their campaigns. But I believe that if you are serious about being somebody and, and being a leader and I have a skill set, I'm going to help you. And I, I get I get stuff about that sometimes. Some what of, do you mean? What I get from people? Yeah, I mean, you're saying you get stuff about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's some so, static. So Jesse Johnson is uh, African-American, very clean cut, college educated. He, he, he looks great on paper. He looks great in real life. He, he's academic, all of the things. I have another guy who came to me, Lamont Stiles, who has dreads and he's a barber and he's from the streets. And and he's like, he had been working up to getting active. And when he decided to run, I said, hell yeah, I'm going to run your campaign. If you're serious about this, yes. Because representation matters and representation doesn't just look like one person. Um, so you're there for the person that's ready to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And it. so I get flack from my own e-board. Some people think, I think that's inappropriate that you're running a campaign. And so my response is, well, do you want to be the chair? Because I'm not going to give up helping someone's dream when I'm one of the few people that understands how to do it in this community. So I would rather step down from my space as chair than say no to someone who wants to run to a campaign. On making space for the people that are running. I absolutely. So if you're like a brand new person, you're coming in to volunteer uh, mm-hmm. a legislative district, that's the kind of stuff you might get involved in. You're like, you work, work on campaigns yeah. or you might go out and canvas for initiatives. Fundraising. Fundraising, yeah. Okay. <laughs> always getting, you know, always yeah. needing money and well, I think but that's also a big fresh thing. ideas. If you're new, I'm going to say, what can you bring to us? Well, yeah. And I think that's a big thing is like people don't really have an idea of what legislative districts do or how they funnel information right. back to the party. Right. Yeah. And so why even go to your legislative district? I think you go to your legislative district because you want to get involved. I, I've seen people even recently who who want to run for things and don't want to be involved in their legislative district. Um, and I don't I can't speak for how all legislative districts work. But I know that the people who are going to volunteer, people who are often retired, people who have that time are the people that are at our meetings. So I can pair you up with someone. And if those people really believe in you, then um, then then those people will come out for you. So, so that's the part that I, that I love is that making space for people like to, like to go and say, Hey, you can run. Yeah. You can. And you should. And you, and you can win. And you can lose this time and the next time and the third time, but you're going to win Yeah, because you're going to get better and, and you're going to get. And, and the person who runs after you, because they saw you. They could win, and you're winning. Lamont Lamont Styles, our barber with with dreads, and you know, just just from the streets. I love that man, like family. The same way I love Jesse, like family. But Lamont, during his campaign, we 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 registered um, in one night. We registered. Uh, he registered at an event that he was at. I wasn't even there. Um, something like 21, 18 year old young black men. I, you know, at, at one event, yeah. because though they look at him and they know him from community stuff or they've been getting their hair cut by him for their entire life. And they're like, if he can do this, we can do this. So it's huge. It's huge to have someone that looks like them and that they know stepping up into this leadership role. And all we can do is hope that they will follow him. Right. Uh, here's the thing. We have got a mountain of stuff to talk about because of the work that you do. Um and, and as was kind of predictable after kind of reading the outline and, you know, and Sarah did a lot of work to kind of put together some stuff here. You you have got this perseverance and this strength that is it. Where does that 
come from? Is it a learned thing? Were I you get it from my mama? Do you? I mean, my parents were amazing. I'm the oldest of many, many, many grandkids on both sides of my family. My grand, my parents had um, somewhat abusive, ba- uh, you know, upbringings themselves, which I think were typical, I guess, for where their lives. They didn't know really what to do or how to raise a kid. They just didn't necessarily want to raise us the way that they raised were raised themselves. So um, they raised me. I was young and opinionated and persevered right from the beginning. My parents were very hardworking. My mom just retired from 30 years of teaching. And she didn't even go back to college till I was, I'm a fifth generation teacher. Damn. Um, Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, my great grandpa was a professor at Berkeley. But (laughs) I'm only third generation. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I just had good parents who were very blue collar, um, didn't, didn't do it right all the time. But gave us good morals. We always had someone living with us. You know, we had we had a good life, and they taught us to love, and they taught us to work hard, and um, and I'm kind of a stubborn bitch, and I think that that's <laughs> I think that's sort of my genetic makeup. I think anybody in this room probably is too, and so that's totally okay, right? It's good to be that kind of yeah, person. And the be. thing that I like about what we're talking about is, so you mentioned Lamont, right? He comes mm-hmm. and he's got he's got dreads. I mean, he comes he's a barber, which. A lot of people don't realize the impact of barbers in those communities. Like that is somebody who has a lot of pull. It's and a community so, center. It's a cultural center. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. But that's where everyone knows him. <laughs> this is the thing that I think is really interesting. So when I started getting more involved with legislative districts and having a chance to actually kind of like engage with the party, to me, it seemed like there were multiple power structures at play. You had the power structure of kind of like the us movement, which is really, I think what the Sanders movement is tapping into, which is, you know, you have these people who are politically involved, but have been disaffected, disaffected. They're maybe invested in like political uh, activism or social activism, I think matter, but not necessarily engaged in political activity and trying to bring those people into it. Uh, The response has been reported to be not necessarily as positive coming from the legislative district side. So it seems like there's maybe these, even not just legislative district, I should say, but maybe the party as a whole. Um, so there's this kind of like struggle that seems to be going on right now between, you know, the, as it were, the establishment and then more of the progressive kind of uprising type of thing. Um, so let me just ask you kind of this question first. One, has that been something you've seen inside of your own legislative district? I think that's really hard to respond to because I came in and I created, um, I took a model and I tweaked it so much. The person before me, who who I consider a mentor for sure, he was he's much older than me. He ran the LDA very differently. He was about getting Democrats elected. So I think because I came in with the social justice lens, I I, I can't say what I. I'll give you an example. Last night at our LD meeting, Troy, you're going to love this, we had uh, presenters talk about pronouns Mm. because what we're going to start to do, right, Mm. because what we're going to start to do is when we start printing our new name badges for the upcoming year, we're going to put a little line on there. And if you want to put your pronoun on there, do it. And if not, that's okay too. At our Christmas party, we had pronoun stickers. And so I had these these people that came in last night, community members. Um, and we had a good, solid conversation about pronouns. And I thought it was a great idea until it started. And I'm looking at all of my members and it's so quiet. And I'm like, oh, this might not be going over so well. But then they did a little five, six, seven minute, pro- you know, really easy. This is gender. This is sex. This is what biology. This is how we feel. This is these are all the differences. They had a, um, 
the little unicorn, you know, thing that we got off the trans website. And we very brief overview of, of pronouns 101. And then the question started. And one of my members, a lovely, just outgoing, sprite old woman said, I have a trans friend. She's been my friend for 30 years. Do I have to say my pronouns every time we talk? (laughs) (laughs) And the presenter said, no, it's kind of like your name. Like once you do it once, you kind of know. And then we got some really great conversations. uh, One of my members said, we were talking about this over Christmas. And my son's company, it's a corporation, but they're really about trying to be progressive. Mm -hmm. But then they have meetings in places that I just don't think are safe. And who's going to keep those people safe? And I said, the company should be keeping them safe, but just really great engaged conversation and questions. And I thought this worked. There isn't a space in our culture or society for that to happen as much as there should be. That's why you have to make it happen. So for us in the 30th, I think we are a bit different um, because we are not Seattle centric, because we have this purpleness to us um, in terms of activism. It still is hard to get volunteers you know they come to our meetings every month and what they sometimes give us money but it's hard to get them on the street corners waving signs because we do that in federal way you yeah. know mm-hmm. it's hard to get them knocking doors because you got to do that in federal way so there's there's always that struggle i don't think we have the internal politics in our own ld because i think we have a great leadership team i have an amazing vice chair leah nakarado shout out to her every day i couldn't i couldn't exist without her but I have an amazing, um, very diverse, um, both in age and gender and, and everything, um, leadership team. And we really work together as a team. And sometimes I'm sure they look at me and go, what the hell is she doing? But when it works, it works. Right. Mm. And it works pretty often. That's really good. And I think, but it sounds like you've seen it other places. Yeah. Kind of like the, the divide between the establishment oh, yeah. and kind of the progressive. And I think even when we're looking at the presidential candidates, we can see a pretty clear divide, right? Even And there's a weird spectrum of them now, I feel like. A totally weird spectrum. So, what do you mean? Uh, I mean, anywhere from like Bloomberg all the way to Sanders, oh, right? Sure. I mean, or, sure. I don't know. Yes. It, seems, it seems almost bimodal to me. Yeah. Like, it seems like you've got your, you've got, it's not quite blue dog, but you've got centrist and then progressive there's there's a divide over the there's a divide at center left yeah but continue yeah no you're exactly right there's this divide this is a division about how is it that things should play out and i know i've seen it before in even just like talking about things right how does that happen so let me ask you maybe a different question so your legislative district you're saying you're not seeing a lot of that which is fantastic um but what are the things that you put in place to kind of make sure that you're not seeing those divides I think I'm just authentically me. I think as the chair, um, people will lead because they respect you, but you have to earn that respect. I think people do not still sometimes understand me, um, but I've been doing this for three years now and they respect me. And so I think that they'll follow me, um, but not in a weird, creepy way. How do you engage those people? How do you like what what is your what is your conversation starter to uh to bring in the people who you disagree with whether it's that woman that that you were talking with earlier who you're about to get coffee with, whether it's the people who are on the other side of that that even intra uh party divide. What's your strategy? I would say down in the 30th we are a little bit more um 
we are probably less Bernie bros or, you know, like we yeah. are less progressive because of where we are. So I don't think we have as much sort of contentiousness around that. But I, in terms of what I say, I'm I'm a people person. So I'm I'm going to engage in active listening and I'm going to try and figure out what you really want. And then I'm going to figure out where you where you belong, like what I said earlier or or like we, a sorting hat, if you will. There you go. <laughs> I am the sorting hat. Um <laughs> You know, but I also I'm really proud of 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 our ability to do that is to have those conversations and say this person, I don't think they ever want to be on the stage. You know, they don't want to be in leadership, but they're willing to um, run a fundraiser. Um, I you know, someone came to me a year and a half ago and said, we need to find a city council member in Milton. And I'm like, dang, I don't know nothing about Milton. I mean, it's in the 30th LD part of it. I went on to the Milton Facebook group. I said, hey, does anyone want to be a city council member in Milton? And a few people were like, you're not from here and you're a Democrat and get out of here. <laughs> yeah. um, but a few people said, tell me more. And I and we found this guy named Noah Douglas. He's young. He's, you know, was a property manager. He's got a couple cute kids and a great wife. And he bakes. And uh, he ran for city council and he lost. Uh, and he's... Still going to city council meetings. Still around. Okay, that's all right. And he's about, I think he might be my vice chair soon, actually, at the Dems. And he just last night said, I'll run again. And I found this dude on Facebook. Wow. Literally. Yeah. I found this dude on Facebook. And he is great. And so um, I think I'm really good at doing that. So when they come to me, I, I try and do that. The other thing is, though, I have a really strong personality. So some people just don't like me. And that's okay, too. Um, I try and be as welcoming as possible. There's a woman that was at my meeting last night who I know from the community. She is a community builder, but she considers herself very independent. So she took the pronoun conversation and says, so, and she only came to the meeting because I saw her at Office Depot and I'm like, hey, is our meeting's tonight if you want to come. And she came um, and she said, what's the, let's relate pronouns to Republican, Democrat, independent. Where do I go? Because she's very independent and I know that. Interesting. And I said, you know where you go? You go to where you are loved. And then Noah, who was actually sitting next to her, said, you go where people are doing good. And in our community, the 30 district Republicans have closed meetings and um, we don't. We have open meetings. So I said, you know, if you went to their meetings and you went to our meetings, I don't care. Like you, you know, unless I know you're spying or doing something, you know, nefarious. But you go to where you are loved. And she, she's like, I don't always feel that. But a month ago, she had a huge dinner in the community and at the community there at that table there was probably 30 people at that table and there was people i can't stand in our community because of their behavior but we all sat at the same table and we had dinner mm-hmm. she brings people together and I, and she couldn't even see where she fits into the political piece of that and i said you go where you feel good and you go when they accept you and we will always accept you so there's a couple different candidates that I'm thinking of just in the presidential race where there's some really sharp divides. Like you look at the Biden uh, supporters or you look at. Is there yeah. a Bi- who's a Biden supporter? I don't know any, but I know I they know. exist. Like fingers don't like him. Yeah. I mean, pe- only people who haven't been paying attention to anybody else. Okay. Right. right. Cool. Well, but I mean, I think there, it was, I think there are some. It feels like it feels like. It's like it's like buying clothes from Banana Republic. The only people who are buying clothes from Banana Republic are the ones who other people say, oh, I bought something from Banana Republic. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty common, right? Most communities are insular in that they don't have you don't see a lot of diversity of opinion inside of them. Um, the thing that I'm curious about here is those 
you hear a lot from the progressive community that yeah. they don't feel welcome at these events. And so you're telling people who say, go where you feel loved, go where they do good. But there's this sharp divide between the progressive and the establishment wing right now where the progressives would say the establishment wing isn't even doing good. So can we talk about how we met? Yeah, we totally can. <laughs> how, yeah, how did that work? So there's this girl. Her name's Sarah Smith. <gasps> I know her. Who? Do you know her? Do yeah, you know? yeah, we met her. That's awesome. You should meet her. All right. Um, and okay. she posts on Facebook like, I'm having coffee in Federal Way. And I'm running for Congress against Adam Smith. And I'd only been the chair for a very short period of time. What I do know is Adam Smith is really loved by people, right? I learned that very quickly. Only about two thirds. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but only then because they thought that he was in a fight with his wife. Yeah. And I'm so, not so sure the Republicans who voted for him love him either. No, but that's fine. No. We can. We can move on from that one. We've been hurt. I'm done. So, <laughs> it's on name recognition alone. So uh, I'm really about building bridges again. I want to know who the people are. And I, at this point, I'm really, really green to politics in this way. So why am I the chair? I don't even know. Uh, I might not have even been the chair. I might have been the vice chair. Um, but they're going to have this this coffee. Sarah and her campaign manager. His name is Jay. I don't know if you guys Never know Jay him. Jay Smith. <laughs> Jay oh. Smith. Never heard of him. And um, mm. so I'm like, cute. well, if if this this woman is young and she's bright, and I you know I looked her up on Facebook a little bit and looked at her website, and I was like, I'm gonna go meet her. And so I met her, and I just fell in love with her energy, and I fell in love with the fact that her partner was her campaign manager, and I fell in love with everything that she um, really represented in trying to 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 be progressive, right? Um, and I said, I don't know where I'm going to fall on the spectrum of, of voting for you versus voting for Adam. Um, but I don't have to hate Sarah Smith because I like Adam Smith or vice versa. So I, um, continued to do my work with the party and we endorsed Adam Smith because that's the way that it, that it worked. And I'll just point out who recently voted to approve Trump's war plan and send him a bunch of money that he just used in this Iran. A, but I'll leave that. I'll leave that about why we love Sarah Smith, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's about building bridges. We love Sarah Smith because she wouldn't um, neglect to, to add a line to the Yemeni, you know, to this big I, funding bill. I'm still the fire a little bit because I think there actually is some really sharp divides here, right? And like no, this, this is where it is. I mean, this yeah. is the nexus. But that's my point, though, is that Sarah, even now, even recently on a podcast, um, that I I don't I don't even know what episode maybe it was the more recent one where Sarah's like I don't hate Adam like he, oh no you know like yeah. okay wait Sarah a minute you cannot use facts about us against us Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing Respect is like I do homeless. believe I I do believe that Sarah is um, a born and bred leader so I I didn't say oh well we didn't endorse her and I don't really know her so I was like I want her phone number we're gonna hang out yeah. and you know. And then when she started a podcast, I'm like, I'm going on there. So, <laughs> so I mean, that's the reality. So I think that you have to want to make those inroads, right? Um, Bernie Bros, I just got in a real contentious Ooh, Facebook conversation. I saw it. Oh, God. Well, about, you know, if I, 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 it is like chicken or the egg, what came first? If, if, you, if Bernie does not get the nomination, I am not voting. And I think that is horrible and if i hear that you're voting for or that you would vote for anybody right and that you're even considering it you go to hell and what i said mm -hmm. in this in in these many messages today um i said you know what it because I'm, I'm a i'm not supposed to say this out loud as a chair but whatever i'm a warren supporter um, <gasps> but i love bernie don't get me wrong i caucus for I, him honestly are you not i mean 
the thing that bothers me about this discussion around politics is that people aren't supposed to take a position. And I just mm. find that the, very difficult. The, the chair of the state party doesn't feel like it's appropriate for chairs. Who? So, um, so I, but I've, I've been team Warren since day one. You know, I mean, since, you know, she told us she, I don't uh, hate her. about her yeah. plans. I don't hate her. So I love her. I really love her, but I love Bernie and there's a couple other people that I could tolerate. But, um, <gasps> my, my thought is, um, it, it, what I said in that post, sorry, what I said in that post was if Elizabeth Warren gets the nomination, who the fuck is Bernie voting for? Elizabeth Warren. Yep. He's not going to just sit at home on the 3rd of November and be like, fuck that. I'm out of here. Yep. No, he's not going to do that. So the fact that his followers, his followers can be sometimes frighteningly cultish. Yes. And I don't think that that's good for our community. And when people say that's not how Trump got elected, not in Washington. We're blue. We're never going to not be blue. But in Michigan and, and Wisconsin and like states that are actual battleground states, that could very well be why we have and the orange addition, oaf as our president. In addition, you've got these people who, with such vitriol and venom, I feel come like they're going to attack me now. At, uh, hey, listen, we're all in the same boat. Like we'll be with you. Um, the thing is, I, I'm all for Bernie, but there are Bernie. I call them Bernie brats um, because they are they attack. They attack, and they're just like, "How dare you? You are," and it's it creates. A schism, a, a, a rift. That Not is, all of them, but yes. But the ones you remember are the ones that act that and way. And the ones that know, know. They know exactly why. I could name some names. Um, Allison, just to go back to what you said before, um, but Washington isn't really a blue state. Washington has blue, like high population blue pockets, but we're actually a pretty purple state. As soon as you leave, as soon as... I leave Seattle like when I go skiing on my way from Seattle to Enumclaw. You ski all the way to Enumclaw? Yeah. Oh my god, Enumclaw is the worst. I mean, like on my way on it's my population. way there, you can you can basically see the see the gradient when you go from from we call it uh, Hadient. Fine, the Hadient going from Racism. Sanders supporters. Like you can see more and more pro gun signs. For sure, no, for sure. You know. I have clients in. Um, Bremerton and stuff and the first time I, I drove through there and every single house on the street had a vote for Trump sign you know that yeah. was something so not to stoke the fire anymore no that's okay um, I find myself very much so uh, feeling the pull of the Bernie bro because for me it's not about party politics it's about a moral issue yes and I actually I don't know if I could bring myself to vote for Biden were he to get the nomination and it has nothing to do with the fact that Yes, we don't want Donald Trump, right? There, There's this piece of it. But also, when I put my name down on there, as I make that checkbox, I'm saying I want this person as president. It's not just simply I'm voting against somebody. I'm voting for something, too. And so it's difficult for me to just jump to that. So when I find myself in alignment sometimes with their feelings. Now, what did I bite the bullet and vote for Hillary? Yeah, I did. I'm, I understand the feelings. I do understand the yeah. feelings. If you saw that conversation today, Troy, there was one particular person on this thread that all I kept saying was, what do you do in party politics? What LD are you from? What political organization do you belong to? Like, do you tell me as you're like, I mean, he was thrashing me. Yeah. And as he was doing that, all I kept going back to was... What do you do to do the work? So, you know, what, Jay, I know what kind of work you do. I know pieces yeah. of it. So I guess when you say that, I take that a bit differently. I still think it's irresponsible not to vote. But I, I would say that I get it a little bit more from you because I know you're putting in the work. But all if all you're doing is bitching on Twitter and Facebook, 
fuck you. Okay, so I put in the work. Amen. And here's the thing. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> here's the thing. I'm with you 100%. The social media social justice warrior is doing more harm than this this game of sort of tearing people apart and just coming at somebody. That's not activism. It is reactivism and it's fairly impotent but i do want to say that jay strumming my pain with his fingers the the with his finger <laughs> just kidding um he uh you are I, killing me softly I, <laughs> with my words um he i can't vote for biden i could not what you gonna do are you gonna I, write in bernie i'm just gonna Good lick luck. my fingers and i'm gonna well i'm gonna vote for that piece of chewing gum from the uh seattle courthouse i will write in sarah smith for president but so here's the thing, though, right? If Biden gets the domination, idea. right, and this is what happened in the 2016 election, uh, it's no, it's no secret. Hillary had her hands deep in the DNC. Oh, of course, it's no secret that there was very likely. I mean, I don't know if anybody else can point to it. I will say, being in Arizona at the time, we shut a whole lot of polling stations that were historically open and moved them away from oh, populations of color and those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, no, this is for primary voting, though. Right. And so this is part of the problem. And the party just recently moved away from the caucus system after Sanders trounced Hillary in the caucus when Hillary won the beauty pageant of the primary the first time by mail to now we have to do this thing where you have to swear you're a Democrat. And once you swear you're a Democrat, you, your vote gets counted as part of the primary vote. So I think that there's a, some real reasons why people feel this tension, though. So um, one thing we haven't really talked about yet is that I am also uh, in leadership. Um, uh, and activism in my union because I'm a state worker. I'm a proud Wolfsey member. You guys had our now president, Mike Ustramski, on. I love that man. Lo uh, I adore that man. Yeah, he's awesome. And um, we also, I'm um, just side note for Andrea Vaughn, who is the first queer woman of color to 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 run our union. She's the vice the vice president. But in our union, we have a bit of a divide between the the younger and more progressive group and the older. And it's party politics is different than union work when you're a statewide union mm. because you have. The whole yeah. other side of the state that comes over and it gets real feisty, right? Yeah. So, and I, and I say all this to say this. I am not on the executive board currently. I just finished a term on the executive board. But um, they just uh, elected their personnel and their finance committee, who used to be a certain demographic. And that demographic... Jay's going to kill me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I keep hitting the table. I'm sorry. I talk with my hands. I, you, you, I, I end up like mimicking you and I'm pounding the table just like, sorry. what are you doing, weirdo? So um, so there is a, a divide in our union right now with um, people that are from the progressive, maybe younger, more diverse, whatever you want to say. And then the kind of the status quo people. And I know that there's a bunch of drama. I haven't been there for any of it. I just hear everybody's side. But as much as some, the, the status quo people are are upset and bitching and trying to cause all this drama for the young more progressive people when it came to the elections for personnel and finance which are huge because we're actually hiring a really high executive position soon none of those status quo people got elected so as much as it's been super stressful for the younger people progress is a is an arc right and progress takes forever and i say all of this to go back to what you just said there's issues at every level in any organization that need to be fixed, even really well-run organizations. Does the DNC have their priorities wrong at some times? Yeah, I'm sure they do. I, I, It's hard for me to even fathom the DMC because I'm just trying to get the 30th LD going well every yeah. month, right? So I think that those are problems that we know exist, but the status quo is the status quo. So it's going to take a long time for 
the more progressive people who are still considering, you know, who still are hardworking Democrats, but have the more progressive values and and understand what you're saying, Jay. It will take a long time for us to be leadership because we are still 40 and Tom Perez is, you know, is not 40. (laughs) I mean, he's not, you know, that's what it is. So I think that you're right. I think that's what causes the divide right now, though, is because there's the status quo, corporate Democrat, whatever you want to call it. And then there's this more progressive. And again, we are more alike than we are different. Like we all want like housing for everyone and food for everyone and like. I don't want to have to have an abortion with a fucking coat hanger type stuff. Right. But we we definitely kind of go about it in different ways. And I think that it's going to still take some more time for us, for us, that, that progressive side to get into leadership. So when you tell me that, what I hear is I should organize outside the party. Because, and that's what we did. I mean, quite literally, we worked with brand new Congress. We worked with Justice Democrats. And still do. I mean, yeah. no, I know, I know. But that's quite literally what we did, all because we didn't get the kind of response we wanted from the Democratic Party. But like, and this is the thing for me, is like, I would love a world wherein we can say, you know what, we here's our common ground, let's work together. I, but it seems difficult to find that ground. So what can we do? I didn't want to talk about this. I knew it was going to come up. I know, but what I can we do? I, I don't know. I, I, I wish that more people... Like, you guys were involved in the party. Yeah. I mean, that's what I wish. I think that there are good candidates all over, right? Candidates like Sarah Smith. We can't all be AOC. I just said that, you know, like... Like AOC is a phenomenon within herself. Only, her, her her story. Hey, yeah, go yeah. For it. Only because they organized outside the party. They didn't get party. No, no, support. no, no. I got. I'm saying her as a person, just the way her brain works. Right. right? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, when yeah. I see like the 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 real justice Democrats and the um and and, and these sort of alternative groups, um, and I just say alternative to to the, to the status to the quo. Statement. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I I wish that we worked together better because yeah. I I. I, I can appreciate it, but I wonder. You you got AOC. You got you only. Like, so I know where you're, I you know, know what I'm saying. I do. Yeah. So as a person who continues to volunteer with the BNC and went to DC to Congress camp for yeah. the last round of uh, that's pretty cool, actually. Phenomenal <laughs> candidates, but the work they're doing is identical. Identical. To the yeah. work you're doing, I'm sh- yeah, absolutely. identical. But if they, if if somehow that could evolve into like with the union stuff, you only have one union, so you yeah. got to figure out how to make it work within the group. What has what is happening is now we're separating the group. So you have these Democrats, like when you say you're progressive and you identify as progressive as being different than me, I find that weird because well, so I'm I don't. Like, I'm, and here's the thing: you there are people like you, Justin Baird, uh, Georgia, I love Justin. Davenport. Well, here's the thing: you folks have messed with my compass, and now I'm involved with a progressive caucus of the Democratic who's he what's in the too. Washington. Yeah. And here's the thing: there is there are those bridge builders. Yeah. There are those people that are doing that work within the system, but the system is fatally flawed oh i i don't know how to fix it i've only been doing politics for a few years uh, here, here. i run the 30th ld really well i want to tell you th- <laughs> no no here i want to tell you this um we're, we're moving into gosh i think we're at how how much time have we there's so much hour and 10 minutes or so we hour and 10 um i know how we do it it's to sit down and have these conversations mm-hmm. to be open to the dialogue yeah. I, I, I know that you both want to add some stuff but i i want to dive into this one thing that i think you are uniquely suited to address that is the ability to 
hang out with us city kids, but then also understand that there's something happening in Milton. There's something, and I want to tell you, as somebody who grew up, I, you know, I, I, when I my twenty first birthday, I went to Milton, and that was where I got my first drink. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> my, my my first drink, I say this guy. <laughs> um, but um, you know, growing up in blue collar Sumner uh, with family that truly loved me and. I was always a weirdo. I mean, and, and relished it, and just was into it. Yeah. Um, you know, they suffered that, and they they definitely. Like I, I had friends who, for for very less freakish reasons, were ostracized. But my family were just like, "Yep, that's our kid." <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> they're good people. There, there is a lot of anger and resentment towards what's happening in Seattle, and their oh socialism this and uh, uh, angry stuff that. Um, but when you talk and you sit down and you have the dialogue, I personally do not see a huge difference between what people are experiencing and suffering in the, in the suburbs, in the uh, cities, and in the rural areas. There is a, a line. There is a discussion if you sit down and have the dialogue. My, under, my, my feeling and the, the, my experience has been if you sit and talk, people will talk. I think that you just have to take the time. You know, I, I could have um, ran the, the party line and never met Sarah Smith. I, I was the only person that showed up for that coffee. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I did it because yeah. I, 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 I just, uh, I think even before I identified that I, building bridges, you know, for myself that I wanted to be a build, bridge builder, I did it naturally. So... I thought, hey, who who is this young person and what is she all about? And the curiosity, you know? that authentic right. like you wanna learn, you wanna kinda see what's going on. Right, right. And then I you know, I, I'm really close with, with people that work for Adam, you know, and I and I would harass them and, and I you know, I voted for Sarah Smith in the primary. So you know, like you know, that's just a reality because I'm I'm able I'm able to do whatever the hell I want with my own vote. So I think that we have to if we remember that, it so, sounds so cliche when you say things like we are more alike than we are different, but it's true. I, I grew up in the Bay Area. I am from San Jose. I am I am a proud, you know, Bay Area girl. But at 11, my dad's job moved us to Southern California and he traveled. So they fell in, my parents fell in love with the high desert. We're in SoCal. Um, a, a little city called Victorville. Oh. Um, Lots of cows there. Uh, no, there's no cows there. It's the desert. <laughs> <laughs> That's Bakersfield. <laughs> okay. Desert cows. It's, uh, it's the same desert. It's the Mojave. Sand cows. <laughs> Sand cows. Jackalopes. <laughs> That's a thing, I think. That, it's not but, actually a thing. Oh. but they, Lots of cows. Are there a, sorry. worms? You know what we have in there? We have trigger. Which was Dale Evans? Uh, Dale Evans' horse. One it's, horse is it stuffed? No, he stuffed, and he was on it. Yeah, he was it's outside. A thing. It's a thing. Just in the sun? Cowboys. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> so, um, but that's my point. Like we had uh, some yeah. some old cowboy movie stars dead horse, uh, you know, outside of a museum. So I grew up <laughs> in a very urban city, and then I moved and I went to junior high and high school in a really kind of smallish area. Yeah. And um, and. So I, I, I think unknowingly, you know, I learned like this is what urban life is like and this is what sort of suburb life um, is like. And it's very different. But like we're we're all human and we all have experiences that are that are, are woven into each other. There's some intersectionality lives. between. Absolutely. You know, yeah. But to, to broach that subject with some folks, it can be 
really daunting because people want to believe what they want to believe and if they don't want to look past their own like nose that's ah, but that's like also, on them but they're also conditioned by like the media that they gravitate towards mm, or I mean I, I want to yeah. say that Fox News spends a lot of time pumping in fear and you know and I, who doesn't know like don't watch Fox News though come on it's 2020 I, how like, dare you my my civil liberties are being you know yeah, uh, come on they are fair and balanced <laughs> Are they? I don't think they you are know, anymore. I think they're just like we're assholes now. We get it. <laughs> they hired uh, Don in Brazil, and they're like, "We're good now." Right? Come on, no, stop it. So, like, you have to want to know more, and you have to want to learn more. And I realize that I'm lucky with my upbringing and my life experience. So now I just try and make other people's lives better. But you know, I've had my own adversarial stuff. I do have a special needs kid. You know, I landed in Federal Way randomly when I moved here. I don't think I'll ever leave because our special needs community there is amazing and they're really supportive of my daughter. Um, but I've had a lot of adversity and it's the Democrats uh, who came to my side. You know, I, I, are we going to talk about that? I, I wanted to to move us into yeah. kind of closing this down for now, mm-hmm. but part, part of what I want to dig into is you know like we're, we're sitting at a table of people with various experiences um i had hoped to to kind of we kind of moved a little close to sort of like that perseverance and that you know when we were yeah. discussing sort of growing up and the experiences and um you know I, there are things that happen in a person's life that can dictate success or failure strength or weakness but there are things that are kind of out of your control that people, other people have control over. Uh, yeah. Um, talk to me about that part of the perseverance discussion. Uh, so I moved here. I had, I moved back and forth in California, northern to southern a couple times. Uh, I was married um, and I was getting divorced and I was like, I got to get out of California. I just wanted something new. So sure. I ended up in Seattle. I had one friend. She was like, come to Seattle, be a social worker. Cool. Let's do it. I had my daughter. I got her out of foster care. She was a young adult at the time. So she she voluntarily left foster care and she moved up here with me. I got divorced. Um, uh, had a lot of life experiences, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. Um, and then in the beginning of 2017, uh, I met a man. He, he was very nice. He was very charming. Um, we fell in love very quickly. Um, we decided to get married fairly quickly. Um, and then uh, not too long after that, I realized that he had some mental health issues. Um, what do you mean? I'm pretty sure he was bipolar. Okay. Um, he had some weird behavioral stuff. Like he would disappear for a couple of days and he said he was drinking um, and he would pass out and get up and drink some more and pass out. And then he would come home. And mm. um, then one time he came home and it was clearly not alcohol. It was uh, accusing me of all kinds of uh, toward affairs that I was having. And he walked around our house opening and closing doors and um, he, he got a, a butcher knife and he's trying to kill the man that I was having an affair with that was under oh, our gosh. bed. Um, our bed is like... So he's having this mania. He's- yeah, he was on meth. Uh, um, so I realized pretty quickly that that was either a mental health break or that was drugs. 
Um, did you at that moment were you like this is either somebody who's having uh, I'm a social worker uh, you with know, a mental health background yeah, yeah so I kind of knew something was You're up trained. Yeah, gotcha. yeah yeah so he started getting treatment and he did a good job at getting treatment he, but he, he, he got treatment for an alcohol problem which I don't think was actually the problem yeah and as I started to realize it was probably more mental health he was also an amazing chef we opened up a catering company we did great political events like um, he made dinner for a private fundraiser for Adam Smith for my LD. Um, and then October 1st, 2018, he made the uh, same house, same private uh, f- uh, fundraiser for Bob Ferguson. Um, wow. October 2nd, uh, 2018 was my 40th birthday. He planned a huge surprise party that I found out about because um, I'm nosy. But I was going to say, um, <laughs> you're, you're too good to not know. Yeah. And, um, and then he wasn't there. He, he uh, disappeared. He relapsed that day. And so I kind of had to fake it with all my friends. I pretended he had to go to work, all of this stuff. So that's Tuesday. Wednesday was my LD meeting. Um, he didn't come home. Um, Thursday, he came home. Friday, he disappeared again. Saturday, he came back. Uh, he was clearly had relapsed again, which was a lot. Um, and it was it had become more frequent that he was relapsing. And I, I, by now it's, you know, I know the signs. I kind of know what's going on. Um, he's also black. So calling the cops isn't always a great opportunity. I mean, a great right. option because he's black. It escalates. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, that first time he came home with the knife and was walking around, he actually called the cops on himself because he was so paranoid. He said, there's somebody in my house. I want, I want you to come and help me. I'm a black man. I'm a former, I'm a former felon. Um, and two weeks prior to that, Charlene Lyles had been murdered. So I was like, we're not going to carry this knife around. Yeah. And so, you know, that was that was the first experience with all that. But now back to October 2018, things had been escalating. And so I'm like, what what do I do? I'm a social worker, but I'm his wife. Um, so I'm like, I'm going to call the crisis line. So I asked him if I if I call these social workers to come out, will you talk to them? And he said, yes. Um, and he's coming down off of his high. Um, and I love this man desperately. And I wanted him to get better. Um, and so I called the crisis line. And a shout out to the King County crisis line that does the best they can. But they told me it was going to be six hours before they can get out to help our family. And as I'm on the phone with um, them, uh, he starts talking to himself. And I hear him say, uh, I was actually in the bathroom. And the door was open. And I'm on the phone. And I hear him say to himself, um, she's in the bathroom. Now we can get her. And he had never said anything like that. And he, um, I, I looked out the bathroom door and said, shut the fuck up, talking to the voices in your head because I'm frustrated. And um, I come out of the bathroom. I sit on the edge of the bed. I'm, I'm waiting. They come back on the line. They say it's going to be six hours. And I'm like, well, what is, he's going to be asleep. He's going to be at work, whatever. I need your help now. I need him to get help now. Uh, he had left the room. I don't think I even noticed it. Um, he comes back. Uh, down the hallway. I'm facing him, but I'm not really paying attention. It's dark. It's eight o'clock in the morning. He walks back in the room and he stabs me in the face. Um, and I said, oh shit, he just stabbed me in the face. And I pulled the knife out of my face. Uh-uh. And then I realized the crisis line doesn't ask for your address. So they're, they're not going to be any help for me. So I got off the phone and um, he was, that was complete psychosis had set in at this point. And he stabbed me nine more times. And my daughter woke up and he never attacked her. He never even attempted to attack her. And um, 
And I remember standing there in the hallway, uh, literally snapping at his face and saying, "You're wake up. You're, you're, you're going to kill me. Like, look at what you're doing. Wake up. And um, he locked us in twice. Just, it, it, you know, it felt like an hour, but it's probably two minutes. I got outside. I got to the neighbors. He must have woken up. He changed his clothes, stood and waited for the cops. Um, and apparently what he said was, I don't know what happened. I blacked out, but I did it. So they took him. The ambulance came for me. I spent 35 days in Harborview. Um, when they booked him, they booked him for homicide because the paramedics thought I was going to die. Um, I remember waking up in the ambulance after they give you like the paralytic or whatever. They, is that the right word? I hope it's the right word. Um, I remember waking up and I hear the guy at my feet, who is a, actually a fireman, say, I think I broke that lady's couch. Because when they were taking me out of my neighbor's house, he, he heard the couch crack when they moved it. And I hear the guy up here, um, shout out to South King County Fire and Rescue. But I hear the guy who, who introduced himself as the person who's going to take care of me. I'm paralyzed, so they don't know I'm actually listening. And this guy, I feel him touch my wrist and he says, I don't feel much of a pulse. And that was on a Sunday morning at 8, and I woke up on Monday afternoon at 3.30. Um, but the paramedics told the cops I was going to die. So if you look up his um, his charge online at King County Jail roster, it actually still has a vacated charge of homicide. Um, and, and that was the worst day of my life. Um, because when you love someone that much and you want them to get help, he had never, ever, 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 ever made me feel scared for my life. Um, when he had been using, there was, you know, he said mean things or he would have really, you know, just really delusional conversations, but never made me feel that way. So um, 35 days in the hospital and five months off of work. And the people that were there for me more than anyone was my Democratic family. Yeah. Um, you know, the mayor and the police chief were in my, sitting at my bed. It's, you know, my, there wasn't a day that went by. My mom came up from California. She lived in the hospital with me. It, Shout out to Harborview Medical Center. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, shout out to the seventh floor at, at the trauma ward. Um, and and uh, all that they do there. Um, and so I got out and I got better and my scars healed. And, um, you know, I, and I lived my life. And, and then I've turned some of that into activism. I'm really glad you made it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like... Oh. Sorry. I think that's a really important lesson. I'm thank you for sharing that. That's just, it's a powerful story. Uh, It's powerful because you come out of it. It's powerful because you're a person who experienced that kind of thing. And, you know, you said one thing during when we were talking about like the progressives and the Democratic thing, which is like, there's a lot more we have in common than we don't. And one of the things I appreciate is that we're all humans, right? We're all people who have stories like yours or people who have stories about sending their kids to war these kind of things. And it's just like, can I stop you right there and just yeah. say that today was a really hard day at work. I saw one of my friends and she has an 18 year old that just graduated boot camp, and I passed her in the hallway and I said, I just kind of looked at her and she knew. And I said, what's going on with your son? And she said, she got a call last night that he's getting sent Deployed. to Iraq. Oh, shit. So yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And so that's, we do all have a story. Yeah. And like, I think when we can focus on those things, you know, when we were talking about it, we didn't quite get to a resolution. Like, how do we do that? Yeah. But I think, you were right. We have to it's be like, human. It's yeah. to remember we're all human. We're we all want a better life, and let's try to find out how we get there. Um, Allison, um, Troy, you <laughs> donkey. 
You donkey. Um, no. Um, this whole entire conversation, um, I feel like we could go for another two hours. Um, I, I want to say thanks. Jay kind of got me because <laughs> I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you're here. Um, it's, it's important for Federal Way, but it's important for people to hear the story. And it's important to say y- you represent and you offer a space for people to be their best selves, to, to step up and engage and be a part of things and to build that bridge between people who are on the periphery of a, of a process and maybe pretty angry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you are a bridge builder. It's, um, it's healing to hear it and it's remarkable. And I think that we can forget that people come to you, you in your life and you don't know their story and you don't know what they're about. Hmm. And it can be fairly easy to be dismissive. Well, I think a lot of people um, wouldn't necessarily call me a bridge builder because I can be such an agitator at times. Um, but I, I spent my whole life with uh, being told that people wouldn't like me because I had such a mouth or because I was so <laughs> opinionated. Um, and and I it's only in the sort of last maybe 10 years that I've been just like, well, this is who I am and it, it is what it is. And I'm going to be, I, I try not to be mean, but I'm still going to be direct. And it, it's a balancing act, right? When you, when sure. you have, the, when you're not like the nice, sweet, you know, kind of golden boy type personality, you got to reconcile who you are with, yeah, you know, with, with whether people are going to think you're a total asshole. And I, I, I'm a woman, so, you know, I'm a bitch to a lot of people because, you know, what I say coming out of Adam's mouth would be totally fine. Um, uh, well, maybe not Adam's no, mouth. It wouldn't. No, but, no, no, um, But yeah, I, I think that um, that's, that's what I try to be. I've learned a lot of lessons um, when I, uh, I don't think I ever thought I'd be in the situation that I was in. Um, I don't think anybody does, but I, I didn't sure. have, I think a big piece of that is I didn't have repetitive DV, right? He wasn't beating on me or anything like that. Um, and so what I learned, uh, I learned a lot about love. Um, there was a, there was a GoFundMe that was created for me and it raised a ridiculous amount of money. And I'm like, who loves me that much? Right. Cause I spent my whole life with people saying that they don't. And I think it's one of the reasons why I came out as queer, because I think you start to realize fuck it, like just be who you are. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, I, I learned, uh, I lived, I'm now, I now do domestic violence panels. I'm an advocate for DV stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I have a, uh, a new partner who is amazing and uh, treats me amazing and loves me. And, and who has sat here patiently as we, you know, laughed and cried this and, whole time. Yeah. Um, and, and actually I hadn't filed for divorce because I didn't want to be just his victim. And when you, when I give up his last name, I'm just his victim. Right. So I, I met my new partner and the first time, uh, he, he, he's the reason that I realized like I'm ready to move on. Yeah. And, um, my court case is still going. I mean, it's still open. He hasn't been sentenced yet. Like we're still in all of this stuff. So you're still working through this process. I think of- my divorce and our sentencing yeah. will all happen at one time, you know? So it's a lot of re-traumatizing every time we got to deal with yeah. court stuff and all of this stuff. But, um, I have amazing friends, a lot of them through the party. I have an amazing partner. I have an amazing family. I have, uh, my union family, 
um, you know, I got three big bad ass dudes that work at Western State that were like, bro, better be lucky he got arrested. And because if he didn't get arrested, tough. we were coming for him. I mean, Listen, I'm just, I'm Allison, very blessed. You uh, you also have- By the God I don't believe in. Now, you and me both. Sorry. Hey, listen, um, you also have a podcast family. Like I do. You're part of. I'm excited. I invited myself into the family. Uh, yeah. Hey. You know. I mean. You. You know where you belong. Like, I went to Orphan Christmas. Yeah. It was a great, great Orphan Christmas. I got the best white elephant gift. Did you get a bottle of root beer vodka? Oh, I thought maybe you would get the condoms. Nope. Who Better. did get those? Sure. I don't know. I think Sheree sure, sure. talked about getting them back. I don't know. <laughs> were they also? Were they root beer condoms? No. Yes. <laughs> well, no, they weren't. Listen. Um. I have a question for you. Will you come back? Oh, yeah, of course. I have another question for you. Yes. Would you come back and be a host? Would you come back and be engaged? Would you come back and be a part of what we're doing? Yeah, I, I actually talked to Jay. Well, I talked to Corn. Shout out to Corn working on Bernie's campaign in the middle of nowhere right she now. Got, yeah, freezing she's freezing her ass off. She had right? to go to the motherland. I haven't met her, but you know, we briefly interacted through social media. And I, <gasps> I was you, saying- Did you swing Mike our way? Was that you? No. No, somebody Well, no, I think Mike and I just kind of No, and somebody heard about like we we talked about, you know, getting involved and and we want to connect oh, with maybe. unions and someone swung him oh, our that, way. Oh, well, that might have been me. I think it was. Um, but I talked to Corn. Well, I said I want to start a podcast and Corn re- no, actually Sarah was like Corn will help you out and then Corn decides she's going to leave. So I was like, "Well, who's going to help me?" And Jay's like, "I'm going to help you." So I want to start a South End podcast. I want to I want to branch off and have better left. Hey, listen south to this. From the dirty south. Here's here's, here's, south here's our thing. Everybody podcast. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody podcast. Um Allison, this has been one of my favorite conversations. Um the we've laughed, we have literally Cried. We have talked about you know getting involved in leadership. You've talked about making space for people who need to be at the table. Your your values, your personality, your uh, you're f- like funny as f- a friend could be. I'm trying not to use so many f words. Um, fuck. I, wore, I fuck. wore this shirt on purpose. The shirt I'm wearing for all of you that can see it clearly, which is the four. People in the room. We'll take a picture of the, it. Yeah, says yeah. it says be the be. Oh, yes. It says believe there is good in the world, and then and then some letters are highlighted. So it says be the good, and I think that this really summarizes who I am. I think that there's lots of good in the world, but I also think you have to bring your good to it, and um and the, that's why I was so attracted to Sarah and Jay's personalities and who they were and yeah. what they were fighting for, and then. They weren't just like, well, we lost and we're going home. And we're just going to live regular lives. They're like, we're going to do some other fucking great shit and we're yeah. going to continue to do it. And I will tell you, and I wish this is why I'm sad Sarah's not here right now, because there are people in my LD who still probably voted for Adam Smith, but they are like, that Sarah Smith. She's going to fucking be someone. Someday. So many mm-hmm. people. And I got to tell you, it, we'll talk about this another time. Uh, Save my life. This these two. Um, They're amazing. Hey, I'm sure of it. We're going to close up. But I want to say thank you so much yeah, for being you. here, for sharing your stories, for for being this force of nature. And um, hey, it's better left to Allison. Thank you so much. Thanks, Allison. Appreciate you. You rock. Why do you think yeah. I don't drink wine? I drink straight. I'm drinking rum. Like that's all I drink. It's hard alcohol. Like a Russian. I pay my dues. I did my time. 
Take my hand I've 